Hi everyone, I'm Ramo and I like board games. Do you like to sit around for a while? Found yourself a little pet crocodile. Do you like to just live in the moment? Do you like the stars, the moon, and the comets? What do you like, do you like? 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 Welcome to What Do You Like, the podcast where we get to know a person through their passions and hobbies. I'm your host, Jeremy Zaha, and today on the podcast, I'm speaking with someone who probably knows me better than a lot of people. Uh, This gentleman had the distinct honor of being my roommate for two whole years, which truly is a an accomplishment because I don't usually stay in one place very long and it seems like people get sick of me pretty quickly but this this gentleman put up with me for two whole years um, and I actually just shared this story uh, with another friend recently when we moved in he moved in first and we had to figure out who get who got which rooms and one room had an ensuite half bath. So distinctively better room, but he created a system that was completely fair where he was there first. He assigned each room, a random number, and he gave me the opportunity to choose a number, which I didn't know what, what room was, which number. And he very easily could have just lied and just said, Oh, I chose the other room. And when I flipped, I, I made a double blind. I flipped a coin. So I didn't even choose the number. I'd let fate choose the number. And when it chose, when I ended up choosing the one with the ensuite bathroom, he said, you got that one and he honored it. So that is a, a true statement of the character of this gentleman. Um, because the person I told to is like, why would you ever trust that? I was like, no, this is, this is, this is a good man. He wouldn't, he would never, ever thing to do that um and he's also uh, a pretty competitive person though which we're going to go into a little bit on today's episode but first i need to introduce him this this man is the one the only mr ramo stott welcome to the podcast ramo well thank you i'm happy to be here happy to join you i uh I appreciate you refreshing my memory on that, on that occurrence. And I think we would both probably agree that the fates were aligning there because it was probably, we probably hung tight through that second year by having that separate, that separate uh, bathroom space. Oh yes. Yes. And I I do have to say uh, one thing that was a a true um, frustration for Ramo, that was valid is like right now that I, during that time I was growing my hair out to donate it. Um, and the, the bathroom drain got clogged quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I like how you say, I do have to say, and it's, no, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm going to say, um, airing but, your own dirty laundry. Uh, that's, uh, uh, this, dirty is drain. Open, this is an open book podcast. I have nothing to hide on this podcast. Yeah, I appreciate your um, vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you put through that. And so the one reason why I brought up uh, us living together, 
awesome. Yeah, there was actually a big moment in my life related to our topic today, um, which is board games, because it was living with you that I like really started to play a lot of board games Um, because before I had played like your standard like Monopoly troubleshoots and ladders Candyland, like all those games and then i briefly lived in minnesota and i believe that was the first time i played ticket to ride was in minnesota but when i came back living with you my entire <laughs> world opened and i will say you definitely have the record of the person who I've played Ticket to Ride the most with Excellent. by far. Number of games, insane. You're in, you're in first place there. <laughs> um, but yeah, board gaming has definitely been a part of my life, but not to the extent of yours. And that's why I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, so kind of get to start it out. Where did board gaming kind of enter your life? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely happy to, to talk about it. You had mentioned playing those staples, Monopoly, uh, Trouble, things of that nature. And that's definitely, you know, my story as well, where I started, I, I was fortunate to, to grow up in a family where we really enjoyed playing games and we would, uh, we would play card games, but we would also play you know we had the game of life that was a big one uh i would go to different uh overnight functions and we would have a big games of risk that would sprawl out over four five six hours and so that was really kind of laying that foundation of of enjoying just the process of it the mental stimulation the community that it brings Uh, but then probably in terms of hobby games. So if we look at Monopoly, we look at Risk, uh, Trouble, things of that, those are what I would consider more mass market games, something that you're going to potentially find at Walmart, Target, that sort of thing. Although these days they're they're you know, they, they sell a lot more than they used to of more hobby games. So what I, uh, with with the board games, I do more hobby gaming, which would be uh, just a little bit. It's not so much that they are more challenging, more difficult, more anything. It's more just that they are um, not even less available. They're part of kind of a niche market where it's taking that next step beyond just what you know, what what I grew up with, what you grew up with, and um, with that, I would say probably in high school, I went over to a uh, friend's house and his brother, or maybe it was a friend's uh, brother's house, who knows. And his brother was at the time very into hobby games and just kind of starting to get interested in games and things of that nature. And when we went over there, he was like, hey, I've got this game, happened to be Ticket to Ride. And let's go ahead and play it. And so we played it, enjoyed it, cool. And then uh, moving beyond that with the, the, that same, that same guy, the same friend's brother um, at a different point in time, 
I went with this friend to visit him and all of that sort of thing and played a couple of different games. And just through that, a little bit of, of, hey, let's try this game out. Let's play this game. Those really opened my eyes more into hobby gaming, which um, from that is there's just a whole, it's kind of like sky's the limit the the possibilities go on and on as far as what those games are some of those that are a little more common would be something like ticket to ride uh, settlers of Catan is a huge one and uh pandemic is getting a lot of which you know awkward but is getting a <laughs> lot of uh has had a lot of recognition but is getting more into the mainstream so there are there are definitely that handful of games that go break into from hobby gaming into the mainstream but that is um there's a lot more to it than even just those games but yeah i mean you bring up a a good point where these games are not necessarily more difficult i mean something like monopoly realistically the the fun fundamentals are pretty basic in that you roll dice and you move but I think if you play the game, how it is actually structured, um, it takes a little bit less time, but it's a little more complicated. So like society has kind of like removed some of the barriers. Like if you play Monopoly, if you land on a spot and you don't buy it, it has to go up for auction, but like an auction mechanism for a family of four that has a eight year old who really doesn't even want to play. That's just the family's <laughs> forcing them to have board game night. Like that's kind of a kind of a, a struggle. So like these hobby games, like you said, are not more difficult, but they definitely feel like a step up. They feel more. Mm-hmm. I feel more mature. They feel like oh, these are these are more of a, uh, adult games, more thought out. Um, do you think it was the fact that these were introduced by like an older brother, like some of authority, like added a little more mystique to it, and made you feel kind of more mature with those or am i just is this just entirely entirely with me (laughs) i think it's your uh your older brother complex of the wisdom of an older brother exactly um i think i think it's not necessarily that so much as taking the it's really anything where there is this mass mass market product um where it could be even something like something like beer where you have just like your mass, you know, your bush or whatever, you know, don't drink, don't really know a lot about it. So, but you can fill in the blanks. Sure. As opposed to say like a craft brewery where it's more like there's, at least I'm picturing it that there's maybe more care put into it than just, it's not just like, Hey, let's make a, you know, you have monopoly Tic Tac edition monopoly space heater edition i'm just naming things i see uh, oh, but those, are, not, those are those are good games it's I not too far off of it where it's just like hey can we throw this game out to make a buck uh, obviously you know within any business they're trying to make money but it, i think there does seem like there's that extra bit of care put into it and it's definitely not i mean there are a lot of games that can be that the complexity can really kick up a lot but then there are also games within the hobby uh, the hobby side of board gaming that, are, that can be very simple. Um, so I'm looking at a game 
right now called Drop It, and it's it's got a, a platform kind of like a Connect Four type thing, except it's all clear plastic, and you just drop different shapes of different colors down into it, and then you score points based on you don't want to touch the once you drop it, you don't want to touch the same shape, you don't want to touch the same color. If you do that, if you don't do that, you get points. Very simple, very straightforward, super fun game, way more than the sum of its parts. Not a sponsor, but a Not really yet. enjoyable game. Not a sponsor yet. Yes. Call them up, Cosmos. Um, <laughs> but it's a really fun game that is just a hit with everybody that I that I've played it with. And I think one of the things that I love about board gaming, about playing board games, is you know, what you had talked about of kind of pulling back the curtain where people are, where I'm like, Hey, you want to play some games? And they're, and they're like, sure. And they think that we're going to, I'm going to pull out Monopoly or something like that. And I mean, I'm not, not, I'm never going to pull out Monopoly. (laughs) Um, But then I, I pull out games that I know will connect in some way and so it's I have a good understanding to the sense of what is a game that like a ticket to ride or or you know flashpoint fire rescue something that I really that is is it's like a lot of the mechanics behind it are very simple and straightforward and especially if you have a good theme that can be really helpful in saying with Flashpoint, it's a, a firefighting game. So you can help connect that theme to the mechanics. And so it's very straightforward because you move your firefighter around, you can put out the fire, you can move, you're trying to save people from these burning buildings. And so I can can uh, introduce those and then people come away and from it that like, that is not a board game I ever he- I've ever heard of, but I really enjoyed it. And so maybe they want to, dig more into it maybe they don't um it just so so one of the things that i love about the hobby is just being in a position where i can share the games that i love with other people and especially since so many of them have this perspective of what a board game is or what a game night is to then have those experiences with these different games and it be completely something else uh is really something that that I feed off of. And you had talked about me being a really competitive person. And I'm, that is not entirely true. Uh, sometimes I get a little competitive. I mean, we play games together that I'm more competitive with, but it's also, I'm not trying to get you to enjoy the game, but, but just <laughs> enjoying the experience is really what, uh, what I thrive off of um, with uh, anecdotally. Uh, when Jeremy and I lived together, we played, or we played, we hosted dinner nights. And so we would have people come over for dinner. And that was a great opportunity to have the, have a few people in our apartment that, um, that were like, hey, now we want to play games. Some of them were regulars and would, have, would know the games that we were playing. Some of them, um, it would be completely new to, but I really part of my joy comes from just teaching people games and then sitting back and letting them experience them. Yeah. I, I do want to, to pro say you, you definitely are not when you're first introducing a game, you're very, you're very good at, 
meeting them where they are and not trying to crush them in the game. But uh, we're definitely at another level where I think you kind of enjoy when you crush me, which the same doesn't happen because you're also capable. And that's that's part of it. (laughs) Um, And then one of the things that is one of my favorite parts of the hobby, if we look at different types of games, one of my favorite types of games is cooperative games. And Mm -hmm. so that's and that's something that was not as big of a thing growing up as it is now where now there's just there are a ton of cooperative games and so when we look at those those are games that the people that are sitting around the table playing those games are all working together trying to basically beat the game so if we look at something like pandemic i don't i if we look at something like flashpoint i'm not going to keep going back to pandemic <laughs> it's to hum. yeah it's if we look at something right like now. flashpoint we are all working as a team trying to get these people out of this burning building before it you know comes down on our heads and that's something where you know the mechanics of the game are set so that we do our turn we do certain things around the board and then through various mechanics the game does other things and makes things worse and uh, fights back against us in ways that are really great and really enjoyable and satisfying and so i think especially from getting to one share games with people but then also re just like take away that pressure of oh you're gonna crush me because you know this game and i don't or i don't know what i'm doing or oh i'm so nervous that this is a bad experience i don't want to mess anything up to then just take that pressure off and be like we're all on the same side here if you have a question you just ask it openly i'm not going to tell you what to do with your turn but i'm happy to answer questions i'm happy to offer guidance i'm happy to not be an adversary to you and then that just goes really far to um towards you know creating that shared experience a shared story that we can talk about but then also uh, a sense of community and a sense of i'm not out to get you i'm out to you know share this with you and then we're trying to save these people yeah and i i think so it's crazy how i mean this is the 31st episode of this podcast it's crazy how how long how long i've been doing this and I feel like I've learned so much through this, but one thing that just keeps going back to the theme is like with a passion, almost everyone, how it really manifests is trying to share that passion with other people. Mm-hmm. And just naturally it just comes up while you're, while you're talking like what I really love is share. it's like amazing how I feel like almost, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not a blanket statement. There's no blanket statements. I think covers everyone, but uh, that the the act of sharing is really where a lot of the joy comes from but with that there requires some mastery like you have to have this level of confidence about these games and just like explaining the games where do you think at what point in the in your your life do you feel like you kind of moved into that role where you felt confident enough with enough games you're like oh no i'll i'll teach you i i here here's a game that i've heard of here let's let's play this game i know this will fit well with your personality where did that kind of start was there like an, a moment or did it just kind of happen over time mm-hmm. 
Um, I think in part the second one where it happens over time, I think it's like a lot of things where the more you do it, if you do it with the purpose of getting better at something, then then that improvement is going to come. Uh, so I, you know, if we take Ticket to Ride is probably my first um, my first hobby game that I really was like, you know, I'd get together with people and be like, hey, let's play Ticket to Ride. Um, and the I've taught it so much that it's just kind of second nature to me. And even now I don't play it as much, nearly as much, especially the the base game, nearly as much as I used to. But if if somebody comes over and it's kind of like, oh, I haven't really played a lot of games, that's a common one to bring out. And it just kind of goes straight back into kind of muscle memory of this is how you play this game. Um, from that, there are also, uh, so the board gaming hobby in the past 15, maybe 20 years, has really like the the hobby aspect of it has really exploded and so with that with that and then you know easier access to the internet there are a lot of resources online of people talking about games people uh, that are sharing you know this is how you play this game and so from watching that from also seeing different aspects of you know i've watched videos about here is how like when i'm teaching games here is how i do it and that sort of thing so i think there's that aspect of just understanding how to go about introducing a topic uh, so in teaching a game for example i will give kind of an overview of if it has a theme this is the theme this is what we're we what part we play in the theme and then this is the goal that we're trying to get, accomplish and this is how you win. And then from there, I'll try to give more in-depth ideas of each individual piece of this is how you play this aspect. Um, so having kind of a roadmap, a mental roadmap of how to teach those things is definitely one aspect of it. And then I think part of it, just how my brain works, um, if 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 anybody's interest or if anybody is familiar with Clifton Strengths or Strengths Quest, one of my top five is input, and so I really thrive off of just soaking up information. So it is I I enjoy reading rule books. So uh, having a person at the table that knows the rules and that for whatever reason those rules stick in my head. Um, is beneficial. And so I use that to, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of game rules uh, rattling around up here in my <laughs> head. And um, so being able to share that, I think is, is helpful. And then I, I also, you know, having done it for several years, I do have that confidence where I, I can look at a game, read the rules, learn it, share it with somebody um, and enjoy it. Something that I've done for the past couple years, much less so uh, with the pandemic, it was uh, work alongside an organization to where I, where they would send me games and then I would go set up in a game store or something to that effect. And then as people came through, have the game set up, just give them a synopsis of the game. And so all those different things, working at conventions, 
um, and for publishers and sharing games and things like that have all given me practice and I've learned a lot from doing that well and doing it poorly. Uh, but then I think there's also this, this root that, I, that I've mentioned of just like, I want you to love this game that I'm showing you. So I'm going to, you know, do my part to present it well. I feel like you're really hitting on the, the whole idea of wanting to share your passion with other people. Have the, has there been a time where you're, there's this game that you really want someone to love and then they play it and you can just tell they are not at all into it. And then how do you kind of take that? Oh, many times. I th- I, I, there are, there are a lot of times where uh, I'll show somebody a game and it won't, it won't be a good fit or they, there, there's a, a number of different reasons. Um, you know, one of the, one of the more freak or not more frequent, one of the most recent instances, so there's a game wingspan that within the hobby is, is very well known and well regarded and is just kind of taking the hobby by storm. And that's something that uh, my spouse and I love to play together. And um, so with that, it's something that we, you know, just through the course of things talking about games comes up and, so there, so I was approached by a family member that had said, you know, we're really looking at kind of two player games. What are some good ones uh, that you enjoy? And um, yeah, so there's a game Wingspan. We love it. It's beautiful. We really enjoy how it plays. Um, but it's also a little bit more advanced. So there are other games that we also prefer. So Lost Cities is a good one, and this one's a good one. And these other other ones that are a little bit more simple. Um, and the, those family members were like, can we learn Wingspan? Can you teach that to us? And I was like, sure. Um, but one of the aspects of games is that when you have played a lot of games, you have played a lot of different kinds of games with a lot of different mechanics. And so you, Jeremy, having played several different games, I can teach you a game and you you mentally, whether consciously or not, would say, oh, that's that mechanic is kind of similar to this other thing, or that's kind of like this other thing. And so you'll you'll pick up on it a little bit more quickly. Whereas someone who is less familiar with different kinds of games doesn't have that background to blend into it and so then it can it can kind of start to sound like oh there are these 20 30 minutes of rules i don't even remember what the first one was and now we're down the road um and so in that case very similar idea of just like sharing all these all these different you know rules related to wingspan and then you know it's late at night, people are tired, there are, you know, kids drawing our attention, that sort of thing, that just like the setting was not right for a game like that, for a, you know, for that to really be a hit. And so that's something that uh, I think from, from one, there's a point of learning from that. And for me to say, well, I really don't think that's a good idea right now, or that's not a great game for right now, but here's this other game that's, that's a, you know, a smash hit, um, or to adjust the way that I'm teaching something, 
Um, and then there are other times where it's just like people aren't into it and that's just that it's, it is what it is. And, um, rather than dissecting it and figuring out what exactly it is kind of moving on with that. And sometimes if it's a person I'm around quite a bit, then it, then it's a matter of taking a step back and being like, okay, so that's not at this moment anyway, that's not a game that they're interested in. Maybe there's this other game that, that would be interesting as well. Um, I also think, uh, just to kind of ask myself a question, um, I, I think you're right in that I've talked a lot about, you know, sharing the hobby and my love of board games, but I think a little bit more into, to like, what do I like about games? What draws, like, other than sharing it with people, what draws me to it? Uh, there's, there's so much to it that is, there's so much to board gaming that is kind of mental exercises that are problem solving. I love solving problems, um, real or imagined. And so being able to have a game that, you know, presents this problem and then it's a matter of, you know, I'm not really, I'm not the kind of gamer who is going to just agonize over every move to try to get two extra points on a move. Um, I would rather keep things moving for the sake of everybody's experience, but the opportunity to kind of learn a little bit more or one of the things, one of the, the games that I love is uh, called Star Wars Imperial Assault. And in that game, you, uh, you play as kind of B-movie Star Wars characters. So it's in the Star Wars universe, also not a sponsor. And yeah, probably, probably never. I don't probably know. Probably never. Realistically, no. <laughs> that, that, that one's not that attainable, but. Yeah, it's in the Star Wars universe. It's something where, you know, you might here and there interact with, you know, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, etc. cetera. Uh, but you're, you're finishing these missions and it's, it's uh, one versus all is what it's considered. So one person is playing as all of the Imperial forces and then up to four people are playing as each individual hero. And so from that, just the th thematics of it, being able to kind of live a little bit in the Star Wars universe is great. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's uh, and to the, the camaraderie and teamwork of being able to kind of take that on with a group of friends uh, or just the challenge at, or being the other side that you're kind of running the game a little very similar to a, a game master or dungeon master in a role-playing game of wanting to present a challenge, but also make sure that they have fun. Um, it's, uh, there's just so much to it that there is the problem solving. There is the thematics of different things. There is just the having pure fun with somebody of, um, being able to do an activity with somebody. I talked about drop it earlier where you're not, you're not solving huge problems. You're not, uh, it's, it's definitely not thematic, but there's this shared experience when you drop a piece, expecting it to go in a certain location and it just bounces all over Plinko style and lands up some lands somewhere completely different and you get no points from it, but you're like, that was cool. And so some, so sometimes it's just like, don't take it too seriously um, down to a uh, game that it, you might be surprised it's taken me so long to mention, but uh, one of my absolute favorite games is Flam Rouge. Oh so yeah. Flam Rouge uh, yeah. 
which Jeremy and I have played a lot together, uh, specifically since the quarantine and uh, virtually. And so in that you're, you're uh, cyclists doing bicycle races, bicycle races. And um, about the time that I started playing that game, I also had through a different source gotten really into uh, watching professional cycling. And so that was something where it just kind of, you know, watching professional cycling, watch uh, playing Flamme Rouge um, through various interactions, uh, you know, talking a little bit here and there with the designer of the game has been really just a really cool experience of uh, taking a game and kind of working it into just this overall experience. So I really enjoy those aspects of games. And that, that also reminds me that hobby board gaming is not a huge, it's not a huge community. It's a, I mean, there are a lot of people across the world that love playing games and love playing these types of games, but it's not, it's not like Hollywood where um, it's kind of out of reach because there are different interactions that I've had with say some of the designers of my favorite games where I've been able to have conversations with them or some of the people that review games that, um, that I really enjoy and value their opinions, being able to interact and talk with them um, in person, online, various, various media. Um, so there's that aspect that I really enjoy as well, where it's, it's big enough to, be substantial but small enough to feel like a community i mean right away i just wanted to thank you for for making my job easy today because <laughs> i mean that, Good that question was, that was gonna question. be my that wasn't gonna be your next question because we had talked about so much about how you um share it but like what do you get out personally and you just took it right took it right there but you yes. really you bring up a great point in that a lot in this this hobby is very it's very attainable like we go i go back to episode one of this very podcast where i talked to my friend who like two years ago, yeah two years ago less than two years ago now a year and a half ago he he kind of he's not he wasn't as big into board games as you and didn't know as many board games but there's something about that like problem solving aspect where the thing that tickled his brain the most was like creating that game. And now he's created like eight fully functioning board games, all still kind of in development. Um, but I'm glad you brought up that, like that, that problem solving aspect and like the different mechanics, things like that. And, and trying to, it's almost like a, a personal challenge every time you play and and, even games that you're an expert on, there's going to be aspects that you're like, Ooh, how can I, how is this going to happen now? Like a lot of board games, the same thing is not going to happen every game, at least good ones. There's always mm-hmm. going to be that variable. And I'm so glad you brought up Plinko. Cause as soon as you said Plinko, I was like, in my mind, it just right away. I was like, probably my favorite game on price. Right. was Plinko because there is that like uncertainty and like, that's, it's not like gambling, but it's just like uh, best laid plans mm-hmm. might completely blow up, but like, that's part of the fun and like how to deal with that. But with these, so with these games and, and, and when you're playing them, 
how much of it is the like social interaction? Because I know when I play board games, part of it is well, part of it is that problem solving. I like I like patterns and figuring out where patterns fits. That's where my brain works. Uh, I'm not so much like let's create this giant problem and solve it. It's more so like, oh, there's this giant problem. There's probably five steps that get us there um, or, or however it is. Um, but how much is it like, because when you're playing a game, even a, a cooperative game, what someone else does could really change what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. How much of that social uh, aspect of it do you enjoy? Or is that like a frustration at all? I don't, I don't think it's a frustration at all. The, I mean, it can't, ooh, let's, I mean, it can be, let's be honest. <laughs> they, you know, I've had many a game night with somebody who has single-handedly made it a not fun experience, but the, I think bringing up the idea of the social aspect, I think it's also a big uh, source of, social capital if you will of social lubricant where uh you know going going all the way back to our dinner nights we would have people over and uh there could be people like the room could be just perfectly happy with just socializing just having conversations talking shooting the breeze what have you and that's not an atmosphere that i really thrive in usually and so board games also present a level of of control of a social interaction where i i generally speaking i do have a a a sizable knowledge of what we're doing and so having that kind of that authority of hey i know the rules to this game let me show it to you um kind of helps to tilt the balance in my favor a little bit which sounds super manipulative but that's not that's not where i'm trying to come from at all um because just open-ended conversation is not something i usually excel at so i really value that social aspect uh and i i think it's different in different settings so it may be something where from from what i was just talking about i was kind of picturing what we've been talking about of people not being as familiar with games. So I'm teaching that and kind of, again, pulling back that curtain of this is what this could be like with games. But then uh, with the Star Wars game that I had mentioned, that social aspect is great because uh, at, at one point I would get together with this same group of guys every week or two, we would hang out for two or three hours playing this game you know we'd have some snacks around it'd just be very laid back um guy time where uh we were also playing this game and having kind of you know for some folks it was the they were thriving off of the competitive aspect of it some folks it was the togetherness aspect of it um and just having that shared experience and then uh one of the biggest uh aspects socially i I guess if you could call it a social aspect has been playing games with my spouse that uh we um 
generally that's how we, that's one of the main ways that we spend time together. And so um, rather a lot of people, especially family, think it's strange that we don't have a TV set up in our house. And a big reason for that is that we want to structure the environment so that it's more focused on the people that are there as opposed to this other source of energy or entertainment that's that's kind of sucking that attention and it's because a lot of what we do is play board games with each other um so it's it's a little different now um just with life happening as it is that um that we are playing a little bit fewer games but at at its height we might you know sit down around the table and play a game you know three four five nights a week um it might be something that you know right now with working from home after after we're done eating at lunch it might be something where we pull out a short card game and and play a couple rounds of that or things like that and so the benefits that it's had uh with my marriage have been substantial uh you you talked about uh me playing to you me being your most common person to play ticket to ride with um it's not mutual oh no you know take that as it is but uh (laughs) but that was a game that my spouse and i we would you know we'd hang out and just play game after game after game of that uh when we were dating where we might play you know three or four games in a row just bam 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 um and it was time spent together. And so I don't think the social aspect of it can be, um, can be downplayed because there is so much of that where I have, you know, friendships and relationships that are built on playing games where it started out as, Hey, you want to come over to this game night? We play games together. And then it's more like we, you know, then we might otherwise spend time with each other you know doing different activities or just hanging out or having dinner or what have you and so the the social benefits that i have found from playing games have been really significant and i don't you know without that i don't know where that social component would have come from but i think it um I don't think it would be as strong uh, or play to my strong suits as much. I think one of the challenges, maybe here I go making it easier on you. I don't know. But one of the challenges has certainly been with, with COVID and with not being able to, you know, physically be in the same room as people has been really, really a challenge with gaming in particular, where I have, you know, I have a number of games that, I would play with other people or games that I've, that I would play with, you know, three or four or five people, as opposed to the two people that I, that I mostly am able to play with now um, with my spouse and me. And so having that aspect has been, has been challenging, but then uh, being able to kind of find a way through that has been good where I've had, I've had games over, uh, over zoom where just playing, playing games and making it work. I've had games, um, board game arena is a website that is also not a sponsor yet. Uh, soon, soon, I'm sure. Yeah. 
yeah if asthma day takes over your podcast but uh <laughs> it's not for the podcast is not for sale yet yeah well i mean you could throw a number but yeah <laughs> i mean it's gonna um, take a lot but that is that is a board game arena is an online platform where among a few other ones but it's really a a, a most functional one as far as it does a little bit more for you than some others um but you know we have and i say we as you and me but also some other people uh other people have been able to really dive into games during this quarantine through board game arena i've played uh dozens literal dozens of games that i had never played before that are that have been like many of them on my list of oh i want to try that sometime um because of that platform and so it's really done wonders for um for me socially and being able to kind of scratch that itch of playing games with more than just two people um and it's kind of a where there's a will there's a way because uh you know as you know, talking about Flam Rouge, there's a, a, a good period of time where we played Flam Rouge using uh, an Excel spreadsheet and uh, some Python coding and an online messaging service. Uh, and it worked. I mean, yeah. it, we did not program it to work. Uh, somebody else did that. But um, I had tremendous fun with that and just very low, low key holding on by my shoestrings, hoping it doesn't all break. Um, so yeah, so it's, so the, the quarantine aspect of it has been a, a challenge, but, uh, but there are a number of, you know, my, my spouse is my main gamer. So we have in our collection, a lot of games that we can play with two players. And I have plenty of games that can be played with one player. And so I'm, I'm, there've been many a night where I just set up and play a game by myself as well. Um, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Cause those are, especially those cooperative games, they're great for that. Uh, where I might, you know, play as two characters or something to that effect where I'm, I'm playing against the game and it's, it's good fun as well. I mean, you, you bring up a really good point. I, I, COVID and the pandemic is definitely a challenge. I think any, any social aspect, of the world, this is it definitely pull put a wrench into basically everyone's plans. <laughs> but the silver lining is, I feel like there's more opportunity to have these like game nights with people that would never be possible because they don't live in the same area mm -hmm. or to like schedule a time for them to like come over and like get a babysitter or whatever. for those people that have kids. I know that's a struggle. I hear about <laughs> it on all the TV shows, so the guy got a babysitter, <laughs> whatever it is, but um, like this online community and it really shows like very early on in the pandemic when everyone kind of thought oh, this will be like a month. Um, They're like, Oh, let's have a game night on zoom. Um, <laughs> have you heard of Jackbox? Yes, but like it really highlights like that that social lubricant aspect because like it can be weird to like sit there, especially on Zoom, and just like 
talk to someone, especially if you don't know them super well. If it's like a friend of a friend, like it's like a, a weird, a weird thing, but like games and specifically board game type games, um, I think have kind of thrived in that aspect. And I'm, I'm really interested. Do you think that after the pandemic opens up, or is there going to be like a, like a boom in board gaming? Do you think more people are more open to trying a lot of these hobby games? Or do you think it's kind of as soon as you can start going outside and um, hugging people? Uh, I assume that's the first thing everyone's going to do. Yeah. Um, the, the, some of these things that people kind of picked up in the pandemic kind of go, go by the wayside. I mean, I think it all depends on what people are exposed to and what what they've really taken to. I think one of the, some of the things that I think more so than what you're necessarily saying in terms of people coming like, oh, I'm introduced to some games and now I want to play them in real life. I think it's do. I think it's more so doing something like board game arena that I have known about for several years, but not investigated or done anything with is now a significant part of the games that I play and so I anticipate that after after being able to kind of presumably end the lockdown to some extent I don't anticipate like stopping with playing on board game arena or things like that, just because the access to the games is so much freer. One of the challenges of being like the board game person is feeling like in order to play these games, I need to own these games. So board game arena has very much alleviated a lot of that where, um, where I've been able to play, like I said, a ton of games that I otherwise would not have and either either feel like oh you know for what i'm for my purposes for what i'm using them for i don't necessarily need to buy them or to play them and be like wow this is an awesome game it should be in our collection or to be able to to more probably more you know importantly be able to play a game and be like yeah i didn't really enjoy that that definitely doesn't need to be in my collection so that sort of thing um but i mean i i am optimistic that there are people that that will of course, you know, see the hobby and, and, and think, oh, you know, that's something really neat and really cool. Um, it's just kind of is what it is. Uh, like many uh, niche communities, if you will, there are also a number of conventions that happen across the world. Um, and those have pretty much met a full stop um, since quarantine and they, they are more, they've been happening through zoom through online media and that sort of thing, which is from a convention standpoint, just doesn't, it just doesn't feel the same. Um, and so it's something where, like I, like I talked earlier about, you know, meeting people in the hobby, going to a convention and talking to somebody that you see on YouTube and that, that is uh, more of a figure in the hobby is really cool and really significant to me anyway. I mean, you know, teach their own is, is just a cool experience. It's different to be like, Oh, I went to this online convention and this person that I see on YouTube, I got to see on YouTube. <laughs> so that's not quite the same, but 
uh, I kind of skirted around your question. No, but I mean, I think you answered. I think you're right. I think after this, I think it's it, it's going to have to be a hybrid. It's going to have to be like, oh, all these things I picked up during during the pandemic and when I was responsibly avoiding other people and mm-hmm. trying not to spread this disease. Um, but also there's going to be that, that the human interaction, there's going to be that push to be like, I do want to see people. I do want to share this mm-hmm. in person. Um, I think you're right in that, that for a lot of people, I think yourself included and, I, and me as well. Uh, this like, desire to to want to continue to do these these hobby games uh, i think it's just gonna increase now will we will i play as many games of can't stop in a row <laughs> probably not it's probably not healthy how many times i play it now yeah but um i i think that it's always going to be there while i'm editing a podcast being like oh i can play a quick game of can't stop where i'm just mm-hmm. rolling dice and saying keep going or stopping um yeah and one of the i mean looking at board game arena one of the this is turning into a also not a sponsor but i might charge and you can might charge him now yeah but you know board game arena has been pretty good it's like check it out you know um but it also has this aspect of where you can do things turn-based. And so for one, say you and I, who are in a different time zone and sometimes like depending on in a different, you know, different life schedules can potentially be like playing a game that is turn-based that, you know, I play, I play in the morning uh, uh, my turn you play your turn in the afternoon it's kind of similar to you know you see in some like old movies or something people that are like playing chess by mail or something like that um for the for the modern age and so being able to do that where one of the ch- so i am familiar with parenthood from a more practical lens than than just seeing it on tv um being the father of a three-year-old adding another to the bunch uh, here over the summer. Um, Even though I'm playing games with my spouse, we're not, uh, we can't just like play a few moves and then leave it out on the table and then come back to it later that night. Um, Because then it's, it's just, our daughter gets up from her nap and then it's, what's this? What are you playing? What are we doing? I want to, can I see this? Which is great. I love, I love that curiosity. It's just, but practically speaking, cuts that aspect out of it. And so a lot of, a lot of challenges with being on lockdown, but a lot of benefits of having this, the service and all that sort of thing. And uh, you know, the amount that you and I interact now, as opposed to, pre-COVID has significantly increased and the same case for a lot of people. I mean, obviously I'm not saying anything people don't, aren't, aren't many people aren't experiencing, but there are challenges with kind of building the, my local community um, and having more of my local social connect connections 
but it's it's been great in terms of those old those you know previous connections from college or from previous work experiences or growing up as a child or to be able to to be more intentional about those relationships um and many much of that has been you know with board gaming playing some role um big or small just kind of depends but yeah i mean i think it it really highlights the the like perfect spots board gaming kind of fills and that like i think it's the the one takeaway i think everyone should take from this podcast is that there's not like a a standard board game like their game there's probably a game that you love even just to play every once in a while but i think it's important to have people like you ramo who have this extensive knowledge of it and are so willing to share it and want to uh to really bring joy to everyone else while also bringing joy to yourself i think that is that truly is the the key. Um, and now as we, we kind of finish up, is there anything else that you truly feel people should know about board games or that uh, really exemplifies why you love board games? I think most of what we talked about really covers it. I think the overall view of it is just recognizing that board games are for everyone and it's not something that are out of reach or especially is not something that is just for kids that's one that's really common that it's a a toy Uh, that it's something that board games are something that can stimulate your mind it can create great social interactions and shared experiences and that regardless of what you're into um, I'm feel confident that I would be able to find a game that that you enjoy and maybe it's not something you want to base your be like oh this is my new hobby or something that you're wanting to really dive deep into but having something that you can you know have that social experience with and have something that you can look back on time and and be like that was time well spent I'm glad I did that those those games are are many a lot of people's views when it's like hey do you want to come over for board for a game night people immediately go to monopoly and they go to being 12 years old and their older or younger sibling is is they're like two and a half hours into monopoly and then that somebody like swipes the board away and is like i'm I'm done with this, all this. So they just go to this, their worst experience with games. Usually that happened with a kid uh, or as a kid. I mean, sometimes that's like as an adult with a child uh, that it's just these agonizingly slow, long experiences. Well, we can, we can get together and play a game that is fast paced and fun and is going to keep you laughing. It, it's something where if somebody's not wanting to crowd around a, a table, you know, there are games that are uh, party games that you can, you know, be in a large group and do, and it just brings a lot of fun and laughter. And it's like, who cares what the score is? 
we're having a good time. Other games where people are just wanting to be super competitive and really it's like winner or go home. And, you know, there are plenty of games for that as well. And so it's, uh, there are, are games out there for everyone. And, uh, you know, hopefully after, after listening to this a little bit, it piques, piques somebody's interest to check out some of those. Absolutely. I think everyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, go play Wingspan. Go play, Well, <laughs> hey, I will say, if you're going to play Wingspan, you download the computer version um, because it's probably the most peaceful game they have this like nice like calming music playing and then as obviously in the game of wingspan's about birds i'm not going into details but as you play birds like it'll play their chirp Mm. in the actual game and there's like this every time like the you do something there's like a person that speaks over it saying like oh this turn or whatever you move you played that bird (laughs) huh No, no, it's the exact opposite of that. Yeah, it just brings well done calmness, yeah, calmness to you. To and uh, most importantly, it will not let you break the rules. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Well, Ramo, I, I, I can't thank you enough for for jumping on and and having this conversation. Um, I love uh, this podcast because I get to have conversations with people I don't know very well and get to know them better, but also to have these conversations with people I know really well, um, but kind of share their stories with everyone. And I always learn something along the way too, which is always nice. Um, I know you're not a public person, um, but is there something you want to direct people to or how they can learn more about board games? Yeah, so in far, as far as something to close with, first off, uh, following me on social media would not be very fruitful because I don't really post anything. But if you are interested in talking more about games or learning information about games or trying to find something that suits you, you can get in touch with Jeremy. He can get in contact with me or get, get us connected with each other. Uh, but I do want to, before closing out, share a little bit about some games that I recommend and kind of a good starting point for more hobby games. And so as far as on one hand, things that are easily accessible in terms of you could go into a store and get um, some things that would be readily available at target would be some of those, what I would consider gateway games like ticket to ride, like pandemic, if you're okay with that at the moment, um things of that nature that so there are a handful of that but in large part the games are not going to be available there um but one of the one of my the the player counts that i play with most is two players so with that in mind if you're looking for something a little bit more entry level with a simple rule set lost cities is a great card game that is easy to learn and has more depth than you would think from the the pieces of it Uh, and then from that if you try that out and enjoy it uh, that's from the publisher cosmos that i mentioned previously they have a whole line of two-player games that uh, you really can't go wrong with 
Um, some of the games that I think from an entry standpoint that I recommend, uh, Flamme Rouge is a, is a really fun strategic game. Uh, if it's something that you are wanting to work together cooperatively, uh, Flashpoint is a great one, but there's also a game called Chronicles of Crime that I recommend that's an app-based kind of solving a mystery. And if you're looking for puzzle games, so you're wanting to solve puzzles, there are also some, uh, some great lines of games that are kind of an escape room in the box. And so I, I like those aspects. I've played some of the, there's a, a line called Exit Games that has kind of puzzles like you're in an escape room. There's also unlock and things like that that are just kind of one-off things to, to try it out and, and go. So um, those are some some games that I, I have had a lot of success with and that I enjoy a lot. Obviously, there are a ton of games like we've talked about. There's a ton of depth to the games. So um, I would not generally, if, you're, if your familiarity is something like I've played Monopoly, I've played Risk. I would not generally jump right into something like Wingspan. Um, but at the same time, if you feel like the internet's a great resource, so you can also check into that and find a number of, of resources on how to play things and how to get how to get interesting games. And so um, those are a few of my favorites and a few of, of the games that I get a lot of playtime and a lot of joy from. I think that information is so important for everyone listening. Cause I think like, like I mentioned, it is nice to have kind of a, like an arbiter that knows things that not everyone does. And you bring up a really good point. The internet is a great resource. I, when I learn a new game now, at no point am I first going to the rule book. I'm the opposite of you, Ramo. <laughs> I'm going right to a YouTube video with someone explaining how to play it. And sometimes they're a little bit off, but like I get a, a nice basic view of it. Um, so that when I actually go to the, to the game, I'm not reading the rule book from cover to cover. Cause unfortunately, Ramo, you're not always there with me um, <laughs> to be that person, but definitely as Ramo said, if you have any questions, I, you can definitely reach out to the podcast. We can get you connected. You can reach us at what do you like podcast on Instagram, or you can go to at WDYL podcast on Twitter, or you can go to our website. What do you like podcast.com Ramo always a pleasure to sit down and talk with you. It's great to talk about board games. I like board games. You love them. So really, <laughs> it really, it, it kind of gets me jazzed a little bit too. Uh, to have these types of conversations. Um, but we have these conversations every Tuesday. So feel free to give us a uh, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Um, give us a five-star review if you really love what we're doing. Um, but most importantly, tell a friend. If you've enjoyed these conversations, definitely tell other people so that we can kind of spread these passions across the world. Um, and with that, we'll see you next time.